Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Hello, hello. Welcome in to the Lombardi line on a Thursday. A long time side former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Stormy Bonantoni with you. We are coming to you from coast to coast as always. Michael out there at his office in Jersey. I am holding it down at Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas where, Michael, by the way, it is very busy because F1 had its opening ceremonies yesterday. This weekend is going to be a big car racing day. So traffic, you know, hysteric here in Vegas. But we also found out that we officially are getting a baseball team. How are you getting – how are you – how are you getting downtown? Oh, we officially got a baseball team in Vegas? Yeah, I saw that news earlier today that the, uh, the apparently MLB approved the Oakland A's to move out here to Sin City. Wow. And then how are you getting to work? Isn't the, isn't the freeway just, uh, they're using the freeway, aren't they? So the, the freeway is, is, it's annoying, but it's fine. They just closed down. like a couple of the big exits that you need to get down to Las Vegas Boulevard, which is like, if you need to go down to the strip, extremely bothersome. Our guy, Adam Burke here at VEASAN, my husband and I got dinner with him and his wife recently. And we were at the, at the Cosmo and it usually takes me 20 minutes. Took me almost an hour to get there. So I have not been happy. I hope it is worth it for the city. I know Mikhail, (laughs) our guy who is like all in on F1 is very excited. I hope it's worthwhile. That's all I'm going to say. But Michael, yeah. After what was a couple of clunkers on Thursday night, we have an awesome game coming up tonight. So NFL fans rejoice. Al Michaels rejoice. I hope that he is root suited and booted with the tie on tonight to celebrate the occasion. But but a fun one tonight with Ravens. I put the word in. I put the word in to McAfee today to see if we could encourage, maybe get to Herbie to to get to the Al that we need to not. Like, how can we, you know, we're not going to have him next Thursday for Thanksgiving. We need a knot. If this will be the last time we see Al for two weeks, we got to have it. We got to have the knot. Michael, we're good people. We deserve this. So Al Michaels, please, <laughs> please listen to what we have to say we here. <laughs> we are good people. It. Okay, the Ravens, the Ravens tonight with that are laying three and a half points. We've seen the total tick up from 43 to now 46 and a half. Both teams obviously coming off tough losses, an important game in the division. Here's a crazy stat, Michael. The Ravens are 19 and three at home in regular season night games since 2008. Meanwhile, the Bengals have struggled in these road primetime games. 
games. They have lost 13 straight. And I know only a handful of those are with Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. But very, very interesting to me that one of these teams has really shined under the lights and the other has not. Yeah, and you know what's funny about the Ravens is that they have been, they have, they are one of these teams unique, uh, where they've not given up the lead. They they have the least amount of time playing from behind. They're twenty eight minutes and I think twenty three sec twenty forty six seconds that they've been behind in games. And that ranks with the ninety four the eighty four Dolphins, which went to a Super Bowl, the ninety eight Broncos the 1990 Giants, and the 2007 Patriots. All those teams started 10-0, and and the Ravens are 7-3. and They've not been able to hold on to games late in the fourth quarter, and this past weekend was another example. They're the better team. I'm surprised the line moved down, but I'm not really because when you go through it, we talked about it this week. We had it as one of our uh, – one of our uh, – uh, bet, uh, uh, what do we call those yep. things? The, you, pro tips. There you go. Thank you. You know that in the AFC North that it's always going to come down to a close game. That if you just bet the dog, you're over 60%. And I think that's the case here. But this, to me, on paper, the way the Bengals have been playing defense lately, the way the Ravens are good in all three phases, they should win the game. You made a really good point there about the way that the Ravens haven't been able to hold on to leads and uh, those numbers about Lamar Jackson in the fourth quarter or overtime turnovers, I think are concerning if you are a Ravens backer in this game because those close games, if it comes down to a field goal situation, we obviously saw what happened last week and maybe I'm still just jaded from that game, Michael, when I had so much invested in Baltimore that I'm like, they're not trustworthy, but I think it is a worthwhile note. Absolutely. And Joe Burrow has been very, very good in an under dog role as well but let's make sure we get to some of the injury updates here Michael for the Bengals we know there is no T Higgins today or defensive end Sam Hubbard Trey Hendrickson is good to go their lead pass rusher could be a little bit limited though um, based on his workload this week at practice and for the Ravens they're going to be without starting offensive tackle Ronnie Staley and on the back end defensively corner Marlon Humphrey is doubtful uh, not ideal with the Bengals pass heavy approach from that standpoint no, and we know the they're going to throw it. I mean, two years ago in both games, Joe Burrow, when they were humming, and this is the year they went to the Super Bowl, they, they scored 41 in each game. So they know they can throw the football. Now, can they protect playing at home in Baltimore? I mean, Baltimore's got three losses. Two of them have come at home, right? Mm. I mean, so it's like, are, are we, you know, like they are beatable. They are beatable at home. And, you know, the Colts went in there in kind of an ugly game and won that game. And then, of course, they lost last week to to uh, Cleveland. I mean, they've lost two AFC East, AFC games at home. They can't afford to lose another one, especially considering that the Chiefs, you know, they're trying to – if you're going to be the number one seed, those divisional games, the AFC division, you got to win those. Well, I think that's why this game is so important because for Baltimore, you want to hang on to this division lead really, really badly. The loss that you had last week after being up 14 points in the fourth quarter, you didn't expect to end up having that game against Cleveland as an L. And for Cincinnati, because of their slow start, they're behind the eight ball, particularly in the division, and have a really, really tough schedule ahead. So this game is kind of the Elliot and I were talking about it before the show started, kind of that crux of the season schedule, where in the past we've seen Cincinnati be able to 
to go take off the back end of the year. Well, for the Ravens, it's been more difficult. And I'm trying to find the exact stat here, Michael, but this is, here it is, the fourth time in five years that Baltimore has had an AFC North lead in the division at this point in the season. Yet in that time, they've only gone on to actually win the division once in 2019. So that's significant. It is significant, and I think a lot of it is the fact that, you know, one of the things that the Ravens have been hit with injury and this losing close games in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's they've got to find a way. You know, they've got to be able to handle that. Then when you look at this Bengal offense, they've been good the last three weeks, right? They've scored 30, 24, and 31 points. The problem has been their defense. Their defense has given up a lot of yards and a success rate. They've turned the ball over. That's been the str- that's been their saving grace. Their mm-hmm. defense has turned the ball over. But the Ravens, when they can't run the ball like they did last week, they couldn't run the football, they struggled. When they can't run the ball, that's a problem. But this week, the Bengals, 31st in the National yeah. Football League in yards per attempt allowed, right? And let's put this let's put this Bengal defense in perspective. They're 29th in passing yards allowed per attempt. So they haven't been very good either. They gave up 544 last week. They gave up 460 to San Francisco, even though they won. You know, they, they have not been able. Tennessee put 400 on them. <laughs> Tennessee Titans gained 400 yards on them. Well, Michael, what I was going to say about, about the Bengals' defense is that while the Ravens did struggle to run the football last week, I think that they are probably licking their chops this week when it comes to being able to run the ball after what they saw Devin Singletary mm-hmm. do last week to the Bengals' run defense. I mean, he they made Devin Singletary look like he was Arian Foster back in the day for the Houston Texans. Like that's he had a hundred what was it a hundred fifty yards, thirty carries, got into On the end 30 zone. Thirty carries, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they, they, they look. I, Here's what you have to know about when you're watching these games, and I keep saying this all the time. When you play good defense, you can get control of the game. When you don't play defense, you can never get control of the game. Cincinnati, even when the score was tied, because their defense could not play well, they never got control, right? They couldn't get control of the game. And it's the same thing tonight. Can their defense play well enough to get control? You and I were both on the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons could last week against Arizona. We could never get control of the Mm -hmm. game. They never got control of the game because their defense wasn't good enough. Mm. Okay, so Michael, I know you feel like this is going to come down to being a field goal game. And based on the way things have played out in the past, the underdog has been the more successful story here. Do you think Ravens win Bagels cover or do you think that the Bengals can win this game? No, I think the Ravens win the game and cover. I really do. Oh. I know it's against all logic, and it, okay. I, I just think to me, Lamar will. Rock. I think this. I think what we're doing is counting on the prior Bengal defense. I mean, when you watch that game and you watch the All Twenty Two of C.J. Stroud, and he was great. No, 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 no mistake. Guys are wide open. Mm-hmm. I mean, two man routes. Guys wide open. They can't cover in the back end. They're not good enough in the back end. And defensively, without Hendrickson and being able to rush the passer, now they create turnovers, but if Lamar protects the ball, I think they win by 10. 
And he should get a little bit of confidence back specifically because of the experience and success he's had against the Bengals in the past too, right? You look at his numbers specifically against the Bengals, seven and one as a starter in those games, 14 total touchdowns, just four picks. And he's been able to run the football really effectively against this defense from the quarterback position, averaging 79.5 rush yards per game, has 50 plus on the ground in each of the last four in this matchup. So coming off of a game where he struggled late, made the mistake that again, it's a tipped pass it's not all on him but because of what we know about the compounding turnovers that he's had late in games you just add that to the resume like this is an important game for him and I think an opportunity to bounce back no question and look it's a big one thing about losing when you have a short week it's the best thing ever because you Mm. get that losing taste out of your mouth and you can come back plus let's face it here now the Ravens defensively we were we were talking about how great they were defensively and the Browns ran the football as 198 yards against them, the best the team ever did. And so they've got to play much better. And I think, too, they will because this offensive line for the Bengals, when they get – they'll allow pressure. They're not a lockdown offensive line. Yeah, and I don't I don't think that uh, Joe Mixon is going to do, at least based on what we've seen this year with the Bengals' run game, I don't think he's going to do what Jerome Ford did last week on the ground against this Ravens' no. run defense. That's just not the way I see it. They're averaging 74.8 yards per game on the ground, this Cincinnati team this season. Okay, we are going to take our first time out of the of the day. We're going to continue to preview this game a number of times over the next two hours, though. Don't you worry. We're going to de- take a deep dive into the prop market as well. But when we come back, other big news items around the National Football League in news or noise coming up. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 or older. Total, Total Wine Spirits, beer and more. 
Is it news? Corleone is a man who insists on hearing bad news immediately. Or just noise. Are you going to act like this is news? Just noise. Let's separate the impactful from the insignificant with one simple question. News or noise? Ooh, let's do it. Lots to get into. And we will start with the big news coming out of the NFL yesterday that Deshaun Watson will have season-ending surgery on his throwing shoulder as a fracture in his glenoid bone. And with that, Michael, he spoke to the media after the announcement came out. Here's a snippet of his discussion with reporters yesterday. I'm, I'm still in disbelief. I'm still, like I said, just trying to process all the information that I've I've been getting since last night. Um, it, it's tough, you know. I've you know felt like we were turning a corner to really make a run, and uh, you know I we, I still believe we still will. You know, with the guys in this locker room, you know, I just wanted to be physically a part of it, um, on the field with those guys, and you know, six weeks I was down and try to come back and. And then two weeks later, I'm, you know, back at it again. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough to try to, you know, wrap everything around my head right now. So let's start there, Michael. News or noise, do you agree that even without Watson on the team, that the Browns can ha- have turned a corner and can make a run? I think they can make the playoffs. Do I think they can go far in the playoffs? No, but they have an easy schedule. And whenever you are good on defense, Stormy, and you're great on defense and you can eliminate one aspect of an offensive game plan, which is the run game, which Cleveland can do, you've got a chance. Now, look, they can't turn this ball over, right? I mean, they can't go in and play Pittsburgh and have Thompson Robinson just turn it over, right? They've got to be able to, to handle it to where, you know, you're giving him a chance to make plays, you know, but you're also relying on your run game. Kind of what they've done with Watson, in all honesty, I mean, we're all talking about how good Watson played, right, last week, and and, it, and he did play well, right? He did play well, but it wasn't like it was he was throwing the ball and firing it all over the lot. You know, he had 14, 14 completions in the second half, but they still ran the ball very effectively. I mean, Stormy, they ran for 178. They threw for 195. So Thompson Robinson, he's got to do that. He can't, he can't try to win the game. He has to make sure he doesn't lose the game. That's the key, you know, because this defense is the number one defense on third down. They're going to get you the ball back, right? They're going to play really good in the red zone, and they're going to turn the ball over. And so, like, look, just let the game come to you. And if you've got a punt, who cares? Really, who cares? You know, and so as long as you can do that, they have a chance. Yeah, they do, but it's hard. that's easier. Like, this is all the Jets should be doing, but that's easier said than done. And we talked about this yesterday that Dorian Thompson Robinson and what the Browns saw from him in the preseason is why they felt okay with letting Josh Dobbs go. And their general manager, Andrew Barry, when he was speaking to media yesterday, he said that he feels good about the two quarterbacks that they have in DTR and PJ Watt. Um, and uh, why can't I think of his last PJ Walker? I was about to say Watson. I've got Deshaun on the brain, obviously. But um, but he said he feels good about them. They might add a third quarterback at some point. Do you think if they do bring in a third, it's a another just depth piece to have behind them? Or is it a bigger name that they try to go out and get given the defense that they have and trying to make a push? You know, I don't think they can, because if they bring in somebody who's got stature, it's going to take everything away from Thompson Robinson, right? You know, and so they're better off just trying to find somebody that they feel like they can do the best they can handle the best, right? That they can get, you know, through the game. Look, he played well enough in the preseason that clearly they had a meeting. 
And in that meeting, and I can't prove this, but I've been in enough of these meetings to know, look, we got this young kid. He's a fifth rounder. He played really well. You know, he, he threw two touchdown passes. He averaged 7.6 yards per attempt this summer. He ran the ball for 63 yards on 14 rushes. We've got a really good player here. There's no sense in keeping Dobbs if we get a draft pick. They got to they got to own up to what they decided. They got to put him on the field because PJ Walker, we're not going anywhere with him. They got to hope he gets better. And what Stefanski said is true. Look, if we can get him a full week of practice, he'll get better. Yeah, and I think that's an important point too because I'm pretty sure the last time, like the one start that we saw from Dorian Thompson-Robinson, there was still the expectation all week long, right, that Deshaun Watson was going to be well enough to go, right. and then he wasn't. So. He was put in kind of a tough situation this week. He knows he's going to be the guy. He's going to get those reps with the first teamers. He's going to get that opportunity. So uh, right now, Cleveland is a one-point favorite against the Steelers in that game. We'll see if we end up getting a line flip, which we could as we get closer to game time on Sunday. Now let's go to your boy, Brandon Staley, everybody's favorite. Favorite defensive (laughs) mind in the National Football League. Um, He obviously, this team is coming off one of their worst defensive performances in his tenure with the Chargers. Yet he is said and made it clear that he is not giving up play calling duties. He said, quote, we believe in how we play and we believe in the guys we're playing with. We're going to make adjustments throughout the year, but nothing significant. I think if you feel it gives you the best chance to win or you think you can spark your team or something, people do that. We don't feel like that's the direction we're going to take. News or noise, Staley's not giving up play calling. Well, I think it's news because what he said, you know, he obviously he reacted to it. And and what he said is he still runs the defense. So this whole notion that somebody's going to pass it on, you know, Thomas Brown's taking over the play calling from Frank Wright. Well, it's Frank Wright's offense. Like taking over the play calling from Staley, what's that going to do? He's the head coach. He's going to be in the headphone saying, don't run that, run this. Like it's such a, it's, it's, it's such noise but we make it into news because it actually does highlight a bigger problem, which is really where the noise is. Are they good enough on defense? Who's ca- whoever calls it, are they good enough on defense? That's the question. And I think that's where he's been lying to himself for a while because they haven't been good. They haven't been a good defensive team since he's been there. Mm-hmm. He's yet to be – he got hired to be a defensive specialist. And what were we complaining about last year? Their defense. This year, they're 24th in, in points allowed. They're 31st in yards allowed. You know, the only thing they've done better this year than last year is they've stopped the run. I mean, last year, they couldn't, do, they couldn't stop anything either. They were 21st in points scored against them. They were 32nd in yards per attempt rushing, and they were 20th in passing yards allowed. So, like, it's a, this, like they haven't ever been any good on defense, no matter how much money and, how, and who calls the plays. It's like, good job that you're able to stop the run, but you're still the worst pass defense in the NFL so bad that you're still 31st in total yards allowed per game. And they've had two games this year, Michael, where they've given up more than 500 total yards in a game last week and, of course, the earlier season matchup with the Miami Dolphins. And they're losing games they when they're scoring 30 the, points. Yeah. I, well, that's been the case. If you look at the splits of Herbert, his, his splits when, when they score 24, when they give up over 24, and when they give up under 24. And Herbert's, a, Herbert's just an average quarterback when they give up over 24. He's not very good. And they can't win a close game. I mean, they cannot win a close game. And a lot of this is because they can't stop. Again, let's go back to the original conversation. They never can get his, his entire time as a head coach. They've never been able to get control of a game. 
They can score and they can play a track meet and they can beat you, but they never can get control of the game because they're never good enough on defense to do that. San Francisco, they get control of the game. Philly, they can control the game. Kansas City, they control the game, right? You know, Miami's going to be able to do that down the road. When you can control the game with your defense, you become a dangerous team. That's why the Chargers are never going anywhere. An opportunity against Green Bay to potentially control a game this week in a three-point spread. We'll see if they can do it, though, because they have yet to prove you, t- you that lay they in the three. You take you lay in the three. Don't, are you going to lay the don't, three? Don't lead me there. <laughs> don't lead me there. <laughs> we, I know uh, you weren't going to do it. We um, you mentioned that the Frank Reich play calling um, him taking it back over from Thomas Brown is noise. Do you th- what kind of an impact do you think that this taking back of the play calling will have on Thomas Brown in the future? Well, I think Thomas Brown want to get out of there. I think everybody wants to get out of there. I think they all realize that they were hired to fix the offense, and it's been a disaster. And their owner's embarrassed. I mean, let's face it, their owner's embarrassed. You know, he's now getting called on the carpet. He's, I mean, he's the one getting blamed for everything. You pick C, you picked Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. You know, as as if he was the only one in the room. I mean, this this is not good for owners. This is not good. I think he made a horrible hire. I said it this summer. I said it this summer that the, their offense wasn't good this summer, that their fundamentals, their, their base, their technique, everything was bad about their team. Everything. And, and I, I'm not second-guessing. I'm first guy. I said it in the summer. They looked bad. They couldn't protect the quarterback in the preseason. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting watching this team, Michael, because I feel like, especially because we had high hopes for Bryce Young coming into the year, it feels like watching him I be- still do. behind that offensive line and because of the situation he's in, he's regressing and taking step back, steps back, not because of him, but because of the surroundings. Yeah, they don't do anything to help him. They just run plays. They're just, okay, you make a play. Like, there's no, there's no physicality. I mean, this is a team that gained 350 yards rushing against the Detroit Lions last year. Right, You would think that if they could run the ball that effectively against a good team, you could run the ball better. They can't even run the ball. Mm-hmm. We've got to take a step aside here. While I am not laying three with the Chargers, rumor has it our next guest is. Mike Somich joins us next. We'll be right back. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You'll get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You'll also get unlimited access to our vsin.com slash picks page. Sort picks by sport, matchup, event date, and more. You can check the top VSIN experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, and ROI. See which VSIN expert has the hot hand at any given time. For VSIN Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24 7 video access. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today. You can do so for only $19 for your first month at vsin.com slash subscribe. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bon and Tony with you as we welcome in great friend of the show, professional handicapper and VSIN host, Mike Somich joins us now. Make sure you check him out every weekend on the handle from 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern. And Mr. Samabom18, we were just talking about Brandon Staley and the Los Angeles Chargers who are laying three in Green Bay against the Packers. And you are interested in that number. And I'm very curious your opinion on why. Because while I totally agree that the Chargers are and should be the better team. Will they be? I don't know. So sell me on it. 
Yeah, that's the million dollar question, right? This Chargers team has underperformed for the last three years, and I don't exactly have a ton of confidence that the Chargers are going to go up there and roll Green Bay in Green Bay, but three is way too short according to what I have these numbers at. I have the Chargers a four and a half point favorite here on the road. If it was in LA, I'd have it around six. And so for me, this line at three is just too short, and it's not as much a play on the Chargers here as it is a play against the Packers. We saw them come off the bye last week. I thought the offense actually was a little more interesting. They pushed the ball downfield with Jordan Love a little bit more. But this Packers team just can't get healthy. They've got three key injuries, including Zaire, Jair Alexander out on the defensive side of the ball. The Chargers should be able to move the football through the air and on the ground on them. And then it's a situation of, do I really trust Jordan Love to be able to play from a game script where he's coming from behind, where he has to throw the football? And it's a hard no, especially when you still have Jones dealing with a hamstring injury. Watson now has a shoulder injury on top of the hammy that he's been dealing with this season. I just don't trust this Packers team. This is, to me, a fade of the Packers more than it is a play on the Chargers. But, you know, the one thing I'll push back on you on, the Packers typically have played, they're one in five in seven-point games or less. They seem to, now they've averaged over the last six weeks, they've averaged, their defense has given up 20 points a game and their offense has scored 16. I mean, they're typically in close games. I mean, you, you know, to me, that's where I was a little bit, I, I, I'm with you. I think Chargers is the right play based on the Packers. Herbert should throw the ball over the lot, but I have trouble with the pack. I have trouble that the Packers always find a way to keep it close in the second half. They do, but when you look through that schedule in those games where they will hold their their opponents down, I mean, they played the Steelers last week. Steelers put up 23. They played that lowly Rams team the week prior to that, only put up, gave up three points in that spot, but that was more ripping than the defense in my mind. And then the previous week to the Vikings, they gave up 24. They gave up 17 to the Browns, or I'm sorry, the Broncos. And they they gave up 17 to the Raiders, who couldn't move the football on anybody. So this, to me, is a big-time step up in the offense that they're going to be facing. I think that's going to be the difference of why they give up more points on Sunday. Well, speaking of the Raiders, because there are other games on the board that we can bet as well, uh, because <laughs> since we've got conflicting ideologies here, let's get to one that I think that we all agree on. And it's that the Raiders, I believe, and I think you do too, are going to come back down to earth a little bit against a Miami team this week that has shown that they do have success when they're playing lesser than opponents. So take me through your thoughts on Miami Vegas. Yeah, Miami likes to beat up on opponents that they can just hang a big number on. And, and they're coming off their bye this week. I thought they played pretty good against Kansas City over in Germany. This defense is starting to get right. This is going to be the healthiest version of the Miami Dolphins defense we're going to see all season. Vic Fangio against a rookie quarterback. Love that matchup from a defensive coordinator versus quarterback situation. And look, Antonio Pierce, great job the last couple games, right? Rah-rah coach, got the Jets hyped up. We saw them really play a vanilla game against the uh, got the Raiders hyped up. We saw them play a really vanilla game against the Jets last week after winning his first game as a coach. Both of those were in Las Vegas. Now he's got to travel across the country, go down to Miami with a rookie quarterback, play a dynamic offense with a solid defense as well. We've seen Miami win these games by margins and favorites a 10 plus points so far in the NFL this year are nine and two against the spread. So we've seen these type of spots win by margin. We saw Miami take care of business in a similar spot against Carolina. Uh, I'm not nervous to lay the 13 here with Miami. I think they're going to actually ap absolutely pick their score here and run it up on Vegas. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if it got to 14, I would still take it. I mean, I, I'm not sure. I, I think Miami's a sleeper team the way they played defensively. I think they've lost to Kansas City, but the, Kansas City didn't score in the second half of the last game. I really like Miami, the way they've changed their defense with Vic kind of coming in. I don't see how the Raiders score 10, and I think it's hard to hold Miami to under 20, under 30. So I do like it. How about tonight? You know, my instincts tell me to take the Ravens 
uh, because they're the better team on paper. But I know that in the North, that these games always come down to the dog usually covers. Yeah, finally, we get a good Thursday night football game. You guys wait 10 minutes to ask me about it. It's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> look, this is this is a super high leverage game for both of these teams. Both losing at home last week really makes us a must win, especially for Cincinnati in this spot. The Ravens obviously would love this game, but they don't need it like blood. The Bengals definitely do here. And I'm willing to forgive the Bengals game last week a little bit more than I am the Ravens game. The Ravens up 14 really should have taken care of business against Cleveland. The Bengals were in not just a sandwich spot, but like a a super duper double club sandwich spot there. They come off the bye. They take on San Francisco. Then they play a, a very emotional primetime game against Buffalo. I kind of expected them to be sleepy against Houston, especially with the Bengals on Thursday or with the Ravens on Thursday night in a big time division game. I think you're going to see a better version of the Bengals tonight. And look, I made this line three. I'm not betting a ton of money on the line here, but I'll I'll still take a little bit on the three and a half with the Bengals just because I want that hook. I do think this turns out to be a three point game and the back door is definitely open here. If the Ravens are up 10, the Bengals should be able to move the football down the field. On top of that, I'm worried about Humphreys. Uh, He's a key part of that defense. We saw they struggled without him. He's he's doubtful for tonight's game. If he's out to me, that is a big time loss. The one prop I like in this game quite a bit is Joe Burrow over 13 and a half rushing yards. You get it at plus 110 right now at DraftKings. And this is a tale of two seasons for Joe Burrow. If you look at before the bye, he never ran the ball more than four times, never got over the 13 and a half number. In the three games since the bye, he's run the ball at least five times in all three games. He's gone over this total in two of the three games. He's actually had a run, one single run longer than 13 and a half yards in two of the three games. On top of that, this is going to be a close, high leverage game. Those are the games where Burrow seems to scramble the most. So I think this line is a little short here at 13 and a half. My projections made it 18 and a half without bringing in situational spot. And to me, this is a plus situational spot for Burrow to use his legs on third down. Yeah, much more willing runner since the calf has been healed up. And in a game like this where it's going to come down to getting a first down or not, I think he's going to put it all out there for sure. Here with VEASAN host and professional handicapper Mike Somich. And maybe bad hosting by me, okay, waiting to get to this game. But the Ravens did me so dirty last week because I was so invested (laughs) in teasers. I loved laying the six and a half. They were a contest play. I'm just, I'm, I'm a scorned woman and I'm sensitive about it. Okay. But I, I, I'm going to move on. I'm still not sure if I can get on a side in this game, but there is a prop. I'm just curious your opinion on, I really like Keaton Mitchell in this game, the running back for the Baltimore Ravens rookie, the last couple games when he has the ball in his hands, he has popped. Do we think that he can get over 38 and a half yards today? My main concern is is exactly what you said there. When he has the ball in his hands, there's still four people who rush the football here for the Ravens. And so it's all a question about usage in my mind with Keaton Mitchell. And they didn't really use him last week. I, I went and picked this guy up on the waiver wire, actually started him in one league. It was nice for him to get the touchdown, but the usage is going to be the key here. He doesn't get any red zone carries. So that's a problem for him. A lot of those goes to go to Hill and Edwards. You know, Lamar is going to be running quite a bit on third down and then second and short situation. So it's really how many totes he actually gets. I have him projected for about 32 and a half. I feel like this line has been bet up just because everyone's talking about Keaton Mitchell and how, you know, even the Ravens after the last game said we need to get him involved. We need him to get the ball more. It's going to be interesting to see how they do that. I'm worried it may be through short passes versus rushes. Mm. So if you're looking at the Mitchell overs, I would actually be more interested in his rushing receiving versus just his rushing because he is much more of a dynamic threat in the passing game than anybody else who's coming out of that backfield. And there's a couple games you're waiting on. You like the Vikings waiting to think you you think that'll get to three? It's kind of been at two and a half all week. Are you think it'll get to three? 
I sure hope so. Yeah, the Sunday and Monday night games to me are both games I'm interested in three. I took a little bit of Philadelphia plus three when that showed up yesterday. If I can get three minus 110 on the Eagles, I'll take that again. I have Kansas City a half point better on a neutral, so two and a half at home is the dead on line for me. But if I get the three, I'm taking it. And I may end up betting Vikings money line if I don't get a three against Denver. This is a Denver team that I actually upgraded, but I was down on them compared to the rest of the market, even though I bet on them on Monday night. To me, the Bills were a bigger fade than Denver in that spot. This Vikings team, this Broncos team has really benefited from turnovers over this three game win streak. They've ta- they've turned the ball over 10 times or taken away, taking the ball away 10 times, only turned it over twice. That's not something that long term is sustainable. And Dobbs has actually been pretty good with not turning the football over for uh, Minnesota and Arizona when he's played those games. If the Vikings get to three, I think that's a definite play to fade this three-game winning streak for the Broncos that's been really based on turnovers and not much else. The offense still not clicking as well as you'd like, and the defense has given up yards. They're just bending and not breaking. So if I can get the three with the Vikings, I'll take it. If not, I'm probably going to end up on the money line on Minnesota. Yeah, Josh Dobbs has been the best story in football for me so far this year. Great primetime games all around this week. I really like all three. Mike, so appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. You got it, Stormy. Thanks, Michael. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. That is our guy, Mike Somich. Make sure you follow him on X at Somabomb18, and you can find him every Saturday and Sunday right here on VEASAN and DraftKings Network from 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern. We're going to step aside, take a quick break here on the Lombardi line, but when we come back, different game or more of the same for these NFL units? We'll be right back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook has your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting 5 bucks on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VEGAS, that's V-E-G-A-S, the crown is yours. 
Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. And there are a number of units this past week in the NFL, Michael, that either exceeded expectations, were really good. We want to see mm-hmm. if that trajectory can continue or kind of the flip side too with a bunch of teams that kind of struggled in certain areas and wondering if that will continue. So different game or more of the same. Let's start with the Houston Texans, whose offense went off against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Big win over Cincinnati, the seven-and-a-half-point dog. It was the C.J. Stroud and Devin Singletary show. 544 total yards. Stroud with 356 through the air. Singletary, 150 of the 188 on the ground. 30 points on the board. 28 first downs. Three of five in the red zone. Yes, there were some turnover troubles, but two games in a row, Michael, now where Stroud has marched the Texans down on a game-winning drive as well. So this week gets the Arizona Cardinals. Different game or more of the same from the Texans' offense? Well, unless you're unless you're Arthur Smith and decide to just run the ball and not throw it against the Cardinals, you, you got a good chance to get more of the same. And I think you will see more of the same. Like I wrote in my notes, like how, do, how doesn't Stroud have another great game? I mean, you know, the Cardinals are one of the worst teams on third down. They're 22nd in the red zone. Either they can't really stop anybody. Their time, they can't pressure the passer. They don't, they don't, they're not able to cover very well. I think you're getting more of the same. I think it sets up perfectly for them because they'll be able to attack this Arizona defense and they can run their run game. Look, Arizona, you know, like they gave up a ton of yards last week on the ground. The problem was they couldn't throw the football. The 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 Falcons wouldn't throw it. If they they only threw for seventy yards last week, you know you're not going to win a game. You can't score points throwing for seventy yards. The Texans are laying five in this spot, Michael, and that's one area where they have struggled being in the favorites role. We're used to looking at them as an underdog, right. and they've been exceeding expectations. Zero and six ATS their last six games as a favorite. Zero and three this season in that role. How do you think that they handle with the five point number? Well, I think that's going to be a hard thing. And I think it'll be, I mean, because when you look at Kyler Murray back now, they actually can move the football, right? right? They, they got Connor and Murray back. So, you know, Houston will stop you from running the football. They're, they're the best, well, third best team in the league in stopping the run. They just have a hard time stopping the forward pass. And so I think that'll be a real issue. And without Perryman on the field, the, the inside linebacker, Denzel Perman, who's been suspended for the helmet-to-helmet hits, that really affects their team speed defensively. I, you know, for me, this game, it's four and a half in the contest. The contest numbers just came up. You have five. I think it's going to jockey between those two numbers. I think the Cardinals will keep this a close game only because I think Murray can make some plays, and McBride's played really well for the Cardinals. Yeah, Kyler Murray in his first start coming off of the ACL, he was scrambling around, did not look hampered by that knee whatsoever. So I'm I'm very interested to keep an eye on this Cardinals team moving forward the rest of the season, especially given the state of where they are at two and eight this year and potential good opportunity for a high draft pick if they end up actually racking up some wins here, what that could do. So from one offense that had a lot of success last week in the Houston Texans to one that struggled, the Jacksonville Jaguars against the 49ers, Michael, uh, in which a second quarter break Brandon McManus field goal ended up being their only points on the day, 34 to three home loss. They had a five possession stretch where they fumbled, kicked the field goal threw a pick, fumbled again, 
threw another pick. Trevor Lawrence, responsible for three of the team's four giveaways, was sacked five times. They were dominated at the line of scrimmage. There's more, but you get the picture. Against the Titans this week, different game or more of the same from Jacksonville's offense? I think a little bit more of the same. I've said this last week why I like San Francisco so much is Lawrence hasn't played well. He has not played well at home this year for whatever reason, right? He just hasn't. He struggles. And he has struggled against the Titans. The Titans' secondary should be wide. I mean, Baker Mayfield, by the third quarter, was able to make plays down the field. Once they were able to protect up front, they were really good. They should move the football effectively. I mean the Jaguars. With Kirk, with Ridley, you know, healthy. If Zay Jones is able to play, I don't know. But with Evan Ingram. And then they have enough to really create some problems. And what you want to do in this game is get ahead, play from in front to force Will Levis, who's not played particularly well when you break down his numbers and you look at what he's been able to accomplish. So I think it's just going to be more of the same because that's what they do. The number's gone to seven. It stayed there. It's tempting, although I think we have to throw it out of our heads, Stormy. All the Mike Vrabel data as a dog. Mm. Because now with... Now with, uh, with Levis at quarterback, you know, he's in the same category of P.J. Walker and Zach Wilson, even Tommy DeVito to a degree, in terms of the success rate of throwing the ball. Oh, man, don't do him like that. Don't Tommy DeVito him. I can't help you. I can't. I mean, oh. I can't. Per- I, I can only That's give you the bad. numbers that I researched. I mean, I looked it up on the success rate, you know. I'll do you one worse. You want one one worse? I know this isn't on your script, and I, I don't want to not. I got it in my notes this morning. I said, I got to tell Storm. What? I said it on the pod today. Everybody's going to get mad at me. The Giants, okay, the Giants' three quarterbacks, T- Tyrod Taylor, 27th in EPA. That's expected points per play, okay? He's 27th. Danny Jones, 40th. De- Tommy DeVito, 42nd. Woof. Woof, Michael. Woof is right. Gosh. Woof. I feel Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel I feel bad for the Giants. Uh, this is gonna be an uphill battle the rest of the way. I got this more for you on fun. the Giants. I got more for you. You what said else? the Giants are a, shouldn't you said the Giants shouldn't be a uh a, a eight points. Okay. Stormy, in the first quarter, the Giants score after ten games, they score 0.9 points in the first quarter. But they gear it up in the second quarter where they score 3.3, they average. <laughs> Way in to gear fourth, it up. In the third quarter, they gear it up even more. They score 3.7. And in the fourth quarter, they're at their highest octane. They score 3.9. <laughs> they really gear it up. Okay, so Michael, different game or more of the same against the Washington Commanders of all teams. How they this spread, I know you just said it laying eight, eight and a half right now. The commanders of all teams. Eight and a half. Woof. All right. Woof so again. I'm just woofing this whole the, situation. The, right. We this gotta be the main game in the team. You gotta you gotta watch you gotta enjoy this game. I wish this was on Thursday night. You know, hey, here's the thing that's great. The the Giants got 250 yards passing from Tyrod Taylor before he got hurt in the last game. Or if he, they won 14 to 7. And the Washington team was driving down the field. They couldn't score. This game, the last time they played them, there were 31 first downs in the game. 31 third downs in the game, excuse me. And they only converted, each team converted just combined six. The Giant, the Washington team only converted one. 
the Giants converted five of the 30 of the total. So, you know, it wasn't like Washington moved the ball at all against the Giant defense, but the Giants' secondary is beat up right now. And I don't know how much fight the Giants have left in them. I really don't. Also, how bad must Matt Barkley be if Tommy DeVito is still getting a chance at starting here? Like he, Because that's the well, quarterback Well, said Tommy DeVito, he gives us the best chance to win. Mm. I mean, if the Giants players in the locker room, if they, when they hear that, they say, well, he doesn't give us any chance at all to win. They probably like the kid, but they don't get, how is he going to give you a chance to win? That's the way, the coaches love using that phrase. This year in the NFL, don't they? Zach Wilson, so bad. best chance to win. Does he? He's actually pretty good, Michael. I don't know if you heard. Um, let's hit up one more real quickly. Yeah. How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Right, um, they just had a 20-6 to win over that Tennessee Titans team we were talking about a little bit ago. An important bounce back after they allowed Houston to score five touchdowns and C.J. Stroud to set a rookie record. Um, fared much better against Will Levis, obviously. They, uh, on the ground, yeah, got him to the ground four times, picked him off twice, didn't allow he or anyone to get in the end zone. Different game or more of the same for this Bucks defense as they take on a stout 49ers offense. Uh, I think it's a different game. It's a different game. It's harder for them. I don't think they can cover. They covered last week against Tennessee with Levis playing quarterback. I think that was misleading. I misjudged that. I thought Tennessee would move the ball in this Buck secondary. I know the 49ers will. Yeah, it's a big spread in this one, too. 49ers lay in 12. Um, the Bucks are riding a three-game cover streak, though. Is 12 points too many? You know, I mean, you're always worried about a back door here. You really do. But I, 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 that's the only thing I would be concerned about is the back door. All right. And uh, I will give the 49ers credit. 10-2 and two ATS at home since the start of last season and 4-1 and one in the role as a double-digit favorite. So they have been able to have success in that role largely um, in recent history. Okay, we're going to take a step aside when we come back resetting for Hour 2. We'll get back to Thursday Night Football. We finally got a fun one in the AFC North to preview, get into some prop betting opportunities, and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 